0: We have a great episode for you today. Uh, Today we are talking with Andrew Updike. Uh, You may recognize that name. That is one of the economists uh, that we talk to almost every quarter and uh, he's got some great insights. He does a great job of telling a story and making it so that anyone can understand what can be a very complex type of conversation Um, and we've gotten great feedback from all you guys as far as uh, the way that he he explains things. So today we're talking about 2021 as a as a wrap up, all the things that we went through, the headlines, the, the ups and downs, how the market performed. And also we're going to look forward into 2022 and what's in store for 2022. So uh, it's a great episode. You're really going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a great one. I just want to do a couple reminders just because this is a new thing for us as we move into 2022 and remind you that as of 2022, uh, on the January 3rd uh, uh, podcast, we went to a once a week podcast. So I just wanted you to be aware. I'm going to remind this for a little while, just everybody's in uh, on the same page. So we're are, we're dedicated in 2022 to make sure that we bring you very very good information. We had great great podcasts that we've had out there, but now we're going to be really focused. One core podcast every single week that'll come out on Monday so that you can make sure you have really, really good information as you plan for your retirement and live through your retirement. So we're super excited about this new format. Go to our website. Every Monday, there'll be a new blog as well. uh, And that's pomwealth.net. Uh, and there'll be a new blog there. All of that, again, the purpose of all of this is to help you think through some different aspects when it comes to getting ready for and living throughout retirement. Also, at the top right-hand corner, if you want to talk with myself or Merce or you have some questions, we offer a complimentary, no-obligation, 15-minute phone conversation. Click on that. You can schedule it. You'll see our calendar. It'll be right there. Super-duper easy. Before we get into this episode, though, we have to do a quick disclosure.
0: That's right. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide information only and not to be considered advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement
1: Welcome, everyone, to our our podcast, uh, Secure Your Retirement. Today is uh, exciting for us because we get to have a new uh, or we're in a new year and we get to have a revisit from our uh, podcast economist, Andrew Updike. So let me just say this before we go any further. Andrew, thank you again. We certainly do appreciate you hopping on these uh, podcasts with us and giving us your insight, your updates. So thank you so much for coming on.
3: Oh, absolutely! I, lo- I love our conversations.
1: Great. So here we are. We're at the beginning of 2022. Obviously, we survived 2020 and 2021. Actually, mm-hmm. I would say we didn't survive. We actually thrived. I mean, the markets did great. So, can you, before we go into where we think things are going, can you maybe do us a nice overview or recap of of the 2021 market? You know, what it looked like, maybe where we saw problems, maybe where we had concerns, how it ended up.
3: Yeah, I mean, 2021 was a very interesting year, particularly coming off of 2020, 2020, right? COVID starts, everything kind of uh, went off the rails. And then we started the recovery in 2020. There was major questions going into 2021. We started to have the vaccine. Those became uh, initially available in December of 2020. And so I think a lot of people were looking at 2021 and said, this is a recovery year. This is where we kind of put COVID behind us. This is where we get back, we're on that rebuilding process, trying to make up for that lost time, that lost activity uh, that we saw in 2020. Now, 2021 had its own problems. Here we stand, the beginning of 2022, we're still talking about COVID. Now we've got Omicron, and before that we had Delta, and we do have massive vaccination that's taken place across the United States, across the world. Uh, there are some positive signs that, that cases that we've seen have been less deadly. They, they resulted in fewer hospitalizations, but it certainly brought volatility to the markets. Now, that said, the overwhelming factor last year from a market standpoint was what we saw with profits right? We saw strong profit growth from S&P 500 companies. We saw it from uh, some of the smaller and mid-cap companies started to see some performance. It was a year where the fundamentals kind of started to take back over, but they they, they didn't completely shut out that volatility from emotion, right? So, so we had a positive year up double digits, strong double digits for um, really the third year in a row. So, I, you know, now, as we get to the end of 2021, as we move here into 2022, you know, I think this is we're seeing a bit of a wind shift in terms of both the economic and the market fundamentals. I think we are largely getting back to those fundamentals. COVID is still here, but it's less of an impacting factor. The stimulus is behind us. I think we've, we've taken, we've picked the low-hanging fruit, uh, getting back to activity after the shutdowns, and now the year ahead of us is very much going to be focused on, you know, can we bring back the jobs? Can we get the supply chains back in order? I think we're going to continue to grow, but the pace pace of that is going to start to moderate.
2: Yeah,
0: Andrew, thanks for that summary on 2021. And now, like Raiden said, here we sit in 2022, and it's kind of like, well, you know, what what is there to expect? What can What can possibly happen that we have not already experienced? Last year was full of a bunch of bunch of headlines, bunch of weird news, bunch of bad news, bunch of scary stuff, but ultimately the economy did pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so now here we sit at the beginning of the year and let's go ahead and top, tackle, um, cause you just mentioned supply chain. And I think, you know, supply chain, we've never we've never had any type of interruption like this in our lifetimes as far as the supply chain goes. And so we don't really, we didn't really know, you know, how long is it gonna take to recover and what how, how reliant we are on supply chains to keep the world moving. Um, So where are we at now on that as far as the numbers that you're seeing with supply chains? Are we catching up? And then, you know, that kind of ties to some of the inflation conversation that we're seeing. Um, So where are we at on all that from your perspective?
3: Yeah. So I think the supply chain is continuing to recover. I got the the question. um, Actually, I've I've got a phone call on it this morning. Where where are we on inflation? Is this peak inflation? Are we in the healing process from here? Is inflation going to decline? Supply chains reopen. Now, at the beginning of January, where we sit today, right, Omicron is having some impacts, particularly internationally. Here domestically in the United States, I do not think we're going to see shutdowns. I do not think that we're going to see any type of shelter in place like we saw in March and April of last year, right? Uh, and so with that, I think the U.S. is continuing to reopen. We continue to add jobs. We ended last year, uh, and we'll get the final number here in just a few days, on what December employment growth was. But but at, through 2021, we're still down about 3, 3.5 million jobs from where we were in February of 2020 when COVID started. So we're not fully back on the employment side. I think in 2022, we're going to continue to see employment growing at an above-trend pace. And when I say above-trend, pre-COVID we were adding 150,000 to 200,000 jobs per month. I I expect for this year that number is going to be between 300,000 and 350,000, which means by the end of this year we should be above February 2020 numbers. We should be hitting new highs from an employment standpoint. Now, That said, demand remains incredibly high. And this is coming from a few different factors, one of which is is the money that flowed into the system over the last year and a half, two years, right? We did massive stimulus that boosted economic activity in 2020, in 2021, That's one of the potential headwinds we face this year, not that necessarily it's because we have to pay that money back, but we don't have that continued inflow of additional money, so we have to kind of offset the reduction in government spending. But with demand still incredibly high and with our process still getting back on the supply chain side, I would expect during the first half of this year, inflation numbers may even move a little bit higher before they move lower. But as we get into the years, we get to the midpoint of 2022, as we get to the second half of 2022, I think we're really gonna start seeing some of that progress from the supply chain. I think we're gonna see capacity coming online and inflation is gonna start to move lower. I think we'll still see inflation of three to 4%, but that compares to six to 7%, which is where we're at today. So inflation continues, but starts to moderate as we get later into 2022.
1: All right, so I'm going to set this one up, uh, my next question, and I am going to come from it from a completely neutral standpoint, but I'm going to ask about the political scene. And so I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to get an opinion on any kind of – you know, one side versus the other, just purely politics and how it plays into the economy. And here's things that we know based on headlines, based on what we know is happening. Um, there's been some discrepancy on this uh, infrastructure, uh, amount of money to spend on infrastructure. There's been now this scenario where uh, some, some taxes like the child credit is not going to be in play for right now. Um, mm-hmm. so from a political standpoint, Across the board, how do you see what's going potentially going to happen going forward into this year and how that will affect things?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a midterm election year. 2022 is midterm elections, and that does have implications in terms of what policy is likely to pass between now and November. One of the big questions as we moved into the later part of last year We got the infrastructure bill. Now, the infrastructure bill is going to take a little while to really find its way in the system. We just talked about how we're still not back on an employment standpoint just nationally, you know, and and, and when you add additional money in, you want to do bridge construction, you want to do, you know, pipelines, you want to do water infrastructure, the problem they have is that they don't have the employees to do that. Infrastructure is going to take a few years to work its way into the system. The other bill uh, that, that was a major question last year was the Build Back Better bill. It was the budget reconciliation bill that originally got proposed at, let's say, three and a half trillion dollars, and then there was some, some debate uh, among the Democrats, particularly with Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, who said, we don't want to spend three, three and a half trillion, maybe we could do a trillion and a half, which is still an incredibly large amount of money. But, but you know, we made it to the end of the last year, and the Build Back Better bill had not passed. Now, the Build Back Better bill is the bill that has more of the tax hikes associated with it. The corporate tax change, the individual tax change, changes to capital gains rates. Um, A lot of people were eyeing that from a market perspective, but it's gonna be a consideration as we stand here in 2022, the closer that we get to elections, uh, politicians don't really like voting for tax hikes when they're about to go up for reelection, And right now, just based on history, it would suggest the party out of power, which now would be the Republicans, are in a position where they're likely to pick up seats in the House, at least. Um, plus, they own redistricting. They own a lot of the state-level redistricting. So that, in and of itself, should give them a couple seats. I think the Republicans will almost surely hold the House of Representatives at the end of this year. Um, and, and, you know, whether this bill passes could could be the difference between whether we see a red wave this year or whether we see a red tsunami. If they want to push it through, if, if the Democrats decide this is the priority, we're going to look to work with Manchin, with Cinema. we're really going to look to push through and get a package. Maybe it's a trillion and a half. Maybe it's less. Maybe they cut some of the pieces in order to get agreement. But if they push it through and we see tax hikes this year, tax hikes historically are politically unpopular so politics is going to play a big role this year on whether or not we get tax hikes whether or not we see additional stimulus coming into the system they're very much weighing do we push this through or do we focus on those those midterm elections that we have coming up at the end of this year i hope that you are enjoying the show this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net
1: forward slash podcasts and check us out.
0: Gotcha. So this, my next question may tie in a little bit to what you said and to the bill in general, but, um, so, so let, or as you start with 2020 when the pandemic first started and we, we, we kind of, um, the economy thrived off of certain sections of the market, which are pretty much technology mm-hmm. and large cap companies. And that lasted mm-hmm. for quite some time. Then we saw a shift into small cap in 2021, and then a shift back out of that a little bit. And so so there there were times of ebbs and flows to where one is really, really in in control, not in control, but in, in a lot of power and a lot of demand. What do you see for 2022 as far as, hey, this, this section of the market may you know, have still quite a bit of recovery to it, or or from the bill perspective of, you know, if we get a lot of more jobs added into the economy, where are those jobs really going? What, what where are we lacking manpower in the, in the economy right now, overall? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know,
3: earlier on, we were talking about, the, you know, what took place during 2020, what happened during 2021. And I mentioned that, you know, last year, we saw really strong earnings growth from S&P 500 companies, from companies as a whole. They were recovering from a low benchmark in 2020, but the earnings growth numbers last year were substantial. That's going to slow this year, right? We went from, you know, double digit 20, 30, 40% earnings growth year over year, where this year, I would expect that number is going to be closer to, 8, 9, 10%. We're getting back towards historical levels. I think that, that, you know, from a market's perspective, uh, I think that the market growth rate is is going to start to go back down towards more normal levels. Our target, we published this at the end of last year, our target on the S&P for this coming year is 5,250, which is about you know, a 9 to 10% gain from where we were. So we're not expecting 20%, 30%. We think that the market is, is getting a little bit tougher. Price matters. Earnings power is really going to start to matter. When, when we had that environment over the last 18 months where earnings were rising so rapidly, that rising tide lifts all boats. When, when the, the, that tailwind factor is done, right, and people are going to get a lot more skeptical, they're going to be looking, because quite frankly, there are areas of the market where the, the price to earnings multiple – has extended itself, where people have paid up for expectations of future growth that maybe haven't materialized. I think over the next year, what we're going to see is that earnings quality is going to matter a lot. Um, Companies whose valuations haven't kind of exploded, we see a little bit of this on the cyclical on the value side, where the multiples aren't as extended as in some other areas, I think they're going to benefit. And I think we're going to continue to see small and medium-sized businesses as kind of COVID, I hope, knock on wood, gets put behind us in 2022, they really benefit from the the, the completion of this reopening process and from the international side of things. So um, an international, quite frankly, is another area where I think as they get further along in the recovery, this year, the areas personally that I like, I like a bit, little bit of that value cyclical tilt because of the earnings quality there. I like small and medium sized businesses over the mega caps And I I do have a little bit of an overweight on international uh, because they've lagged us up to this point. And quite frankly, their fundamentals suggest they're due to kind of catch up with us. But again, earnings growth is gonna be the driver. I would focus on the companies that are producing earnings uh, that are able to maintain margins, but don't be expecting the markets to move at the same pace that they have over the last two, three years, right? That was an unusual circumstance I think we should reset expectations for 2022 and and expect them to look more like they have historically high single digits into low double digits for market growth.
1: Well, we always uh, when we go through this with you, Andrew, we always kind of ask you, what are you concerned about and what are you uh, looking forward to? So we like to end it on a positive. So I'm going to start with this and then we can conclude after this with the with the positive. But right now, if you had to look at 2022 and if you want to break this down into instead of looking at the whole year and just say, hey, next quarter, you know what are you saying hey i i got a little bit of a of a concern over this and and this is what we need to be looking for what would it be
3: yeah so the concern for me one of the biggest concerns is is you know watching how we respond from a governmental perspective from a federal reserve perspective how they respond to inflation. We had about 18 months where the Fed kept saying inflation is transitory, this is a short-term thing and it's sustained for much longer than they expected. Now, we've been saying since the beginning, look, you put this much money into the system and it's going to have consequences. You cannot add this it's quite literally the definition of inflation, more money chasing the same or fewer goods. When we have fewer workers, it's going to have impacts, and we've seen inflation at multi-decade highs. Now, the Fed started to shift their tune towards the end of last year, right? They pulled out. They said, okay, we're going to retire the word transitory. They started signaling that they're going to start maybe raising rates a little bit sooner. Um, The the question to me is do they have the guts to do it? Will they stick with that, and will they address inflation, uh, which I think they need to? I'm I'm a little bit skeptical based on how they've reacted historically and, and, you know, some of the dovish tilts that they've put on some of their, their comments. My biggest concern over 2022 is that the Fed kind of pulls back, doesn't take the, the appropriate response to inflation, doesn't start lifting interest rates, and they put us in a position where they have to raise rates faster uh, and, and more substantially later in the year or into next year, which would have some significant uh, volatility impacts on the market. So the, the Fed is, is kind of the question mark for me this year. My concern is that they don't do what they need to do because it's easy to say, let's let things keep rolling, let's let the economy keep moving, that they stay too accommodative for too long, and that we end up getting paid back for that later in the year or again into early next year.
0: All right, well, we'll see how all that plays out, and I'm sure that's a concern of everyone. Um, so I've got a two-part end on a positive type of question. My first part, uh, Andrew, is kind of looking backwards, um, Mm -hmm. looking back at 2021, since this is a bit of a recap of 2021, you know, what, um, what maybe surprised you or made you feel good about last year?
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the best things about last year, and one of the things that I think was underappreciated is just how well companies performed, how much they were able to adapt. And it's not just companies, it's individuals, it's consumers. We adapted to the world that we were living in. We didn't sit back and say, look, COVID's here, there's uncertainty here, we're just going to, you know, stay at home, bunker down, shelter down, we're not going to do anything. We didn't lose 2021. There was volatility. There was difficulty. But we continue to expand. We are now at new highs from an economic growth standpoint. Last year was one of the best years for growth since the mid-1980s. We are now producing more than we did before COVID started. And again, we're doing that with 3 million plus fewer workers. So progress has been made. And I think that the progress, the embracing of technologies, the embracing of productivity, improving tools over the last 18 months are going to have continued impacts here for the next few years. The earnings growth was real. It was not that companies were just lifting prices with inflation. We saw real activity taking place. We saw real productivity gains taking place, and I think it's underappreciated just how well companies and individuals have performed uh, after everything they went through in 2020.
0: Right, yeah. Um, And then what are you very excited about for 2022?
3: Yeah, you know, 2020, quite frankly, I'm excited to get back to fundamentals. I'm excited to get past this part where, you know, the questions over the last 18 months are how much is the government going to spend? How much money are they going to pump into the system? And we knew that was never going to be sustainable, right? You cannot spend your way to prosperity. Ultimately, what has to happen is you've got to grow jobs. You gotta build businesses. You have to create products that people want, not just here, but internationally. The companies, they borrowed money over the last 18 months Right now, they're starting to be able to get some of those inventories as the supply chain heals. I think over the next year, as those supply chains come back, as they put the money to work that that they've they've borrowed, um, and as as people return to work, we have some strong opportunities to see, I I, I don't want to call it a a revolution, right? After we saw something, and we, we we did massive spending during World War II, 1942, 1943. It's the last time that we saw the money supply, that we saw uh, the money in the system grow at the pace that we did over the last 18 months. After that, we saw an industrial revolution as we took the tools, as we took the machines that were making planes and, and munitions and tanks, and we converted them and made machinery, and we converted them and, and we made washing machines, and we, you know, we, we, did all the, we saw this industrial breakthrough that led to productivity gains. I think right now the technology we've adopted over the last 18 months, the new tools we have from a, a healthcare standpoint, the tools that we have from a technology standpoint, we have uh, uh, some incredible things I think we can see this year as those really get put to work to grow us sustainably into the future. So while well, this year is not going to see the same market growth or economic growth that we saw in 2021, we're going to continue to move forward, and we're going to be moving forward on those key items that sustain us into the future. That is the growth that we need over time. It's the growth that can continue to propel us in 2023 and beyond. So that return to the fundamentals Moving away from temporary outside factors as drivers of growth, to me, is something I'm very excited about for the year ahead.
1: Well, Andrew, it, as always, uh, it, it does give us very nice perspective. It's, it's always a pleasure to hear both sides. You know, hey, here's our potential problems. Here's what's looking good. I think it helps us be able to be balanced, and I know our listeners love it. So I just want to say thank you so very much for coming on and chatting with us again uh, today.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to our next talk.
2: All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster.